Good morning. How are you today? Hey, I'm so glad to see you. Turn to one person other than your spouse and say, you look good today. Now, I hope you've already told your spouse that they look good today. My wife told me I look good a while ago. Of course, I told her first. I said, I look good today. She said, yeah, you do. But, <laughs> <laughs> Just, well, I'm, I'm sort of kidding. I'm sort of not kidding. But anyway, <laughs> sweetheart, you look beautiful today. Just, just make sure you tell your spouse that today, okay? Hey, I'm glad you're here today. We're in a series called House Rules. So let's just take a moment. Let's pray before I get into God's word, okay? Father, thank you today for your presence. Thank you for what we're learning from your word, the things of which we're being reminded. Father, I pray that this series would burn things into our heart as your church, the Bridge Church, that we would know these things, they would be the foundation of our lives and our church, that we move forward together in unity and see you do greater things because there are still great things to come. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. In this series, House Rules, we're talking about the fact that every house, every home has priorities, things that are valued in every home, and on your street where you live, from home to home, house to house, there are different priorities that are valued and it makes that atmosphere different. It's true with churches. Different churches, for a lot of reasons, value different things and there are some things that are more important in one church than another. Don't wanna get into all the reasons for that because that doesn't matter this morning because we're talking about six things that are really, really vitally important in the foundation of the Bridge Church. As a matter of fact, two weeks from today, on the first Sunday of the month, as it is the first Sunday of every month, we have what we call Connecting Point. It happens during second service. It gives us an opportunity to meet you one-on-one. -on -one. It also, if you're new to the Bridge, it shares all about church life here at the Bridge, how you get connected, how we can get better connected with you. We share these six principles that we're doing in this series, but we felt it was time for us as pastors to share these principles with you and really give you a little more detail as to why they're important to us. So today, we're gonna to talk about this principle. We value God's presence. We value God's presence. Therefore, we worship Him passionately. Now, some people would hear that and say, well, wait a minute, that, that's two totally different thoughts. Well, it's really not. It is connected. And you might say, well, how do these things connect? We value God's presence, therefore we worship Him passionately. I'm going to show you from Scripture this morning how those two things go together. You know, one of the things that I hear from people who are new to the Bridge Church, um, when I meet them out in the lobby after church, if they come to Connecting Point, so many people tell me the first time I walked into a church service, I sensed the presence of God. The first time I walked into a church service here, I sensed the presence of God. And you know, really, I have two responses to that. Number one, wonderful, wonderful. Isn't that what a church is about, connecting with God? That's the first thing that we say when we talk about the Bridge Church. We're here to connect with God. When you walk into the building, you can sense the presence of God. But then the second thing that comes to my mind is that's intentional. We expect it. 
We expect God's presence to be here among us. Now, you might say, well, how is that? This is where those two thoughts connect together. Psalms 22, verse 3 says this, But God, you are holy, and you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. The King James says, God, you are holy, and you inhabit the praises of Israel. In the original writings, the word that's translated inhabit or enthrones literally means to sit down, to dwell, and to remain. And what we learn from that verse is when people begin to praise God, God shows up and he comes and sits down upon our praises. And where there is praise, you will find the presence of God. So we honor We desire, we want the presence of God among us when we gather. So therefore, we worship God passionately because we believe if we will build a throne of praise, the King of all the kings, the Lord of all the lords will show up and sit on that throne of praise. That's why scripture says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We need to praise God in a manner that we believe honors God. Not only that, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, I I realize, I know the scriptures, I realize that when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you're in relationship with God, God lives in you and he's with you everywhere you go. But there's something amazing that happens when God's people get together in his name and begin to praise him. God shows up in a big big way you know at the bridge church we believe worship is god's time not our time we start every one of our sunday morning services with a time of praise a time of worship we worship god first why because that's why we're here to worship god to honor him for who he is and for what he's doing in our lives and you know if it's god's time not our time for me personally it's a priority that when this service starts every sunday morning i get in my place right from the very start and i'm here first of all and foremost on time because i want to honor god for his greatness in my life it's something we believe in strongly here at the bridge and this is not our worship time it's not a musical performance it's not a spectator sport where we sit back and what's the team saying it's not about that It's not about karaoke. It's our time collectively to honor God together, to worship Him. And something amazing happens during corporate worship. God shows up and He dwells. He sits among us. We sense God's presence. But not only that, something amazing happens when corporate worship becomes my personal worship when i take ownership for that time of worship and i get involved and i accept it and the words of praise come out of my mouth and i begin to express my praise to god something amazing happens because god shows up in my life and i begin to sense what he's doing i begin to sense what he's saying and i begin to understand the wisdom and the direction he has for my life So in our worship time on Sunday morning, there are really two aspects. I've taught this many times. I taught it not too long ago, but while we're doing house rules, 
I want to come back to it for a moment this morning and just touch on it. Two parts of worship, two aspects of worship. It's praise and worship. Praise and worship. Our time of praise leads to a time of worship. I want to do it in reverse order today, and I want to talk about worship first. What is worship? If I were to have everyone here secretly write down on, a, on an iPad your answer, and then we were to throw all the answers on the screen, we would get a lot of different answers today. When I say, what is worship? Different people would say different things. But when I talk about scriptural truths, I always go back to scripture. I don't think God needs me to correct him on anything. I think I need to understand what God is saying. So when I want to look at God's word and understand what worship is, I dig into the word. And in the original writings throughout scripture, the word worship means one thing. It means to bow down before God, to stretch out my life and just lay it before him and kneel before him and honor him. That's what worship is. Look at Psalms 95. Psalms 95, we'll have the verses on the screen. Verses 6 and 7. I want to walk through these two verses very quickly. Verse 6, the psalmist says, O come, let us worship and what? Bow down. Worship, when you encompass it all, when you put it all together, worship simply means to come and bow my life before God, to honor him as the king, the ruler of my life. He's the utmost, he's the first priority, he's the one voice that means anything in my life. God is first and I honor him as the king of my life. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Well, I want to pause here just a moment. Here at the bridge, we don't ever ask, or I don't think we ever ask, maybe on rare occasions, we don't ask everybody on Sunday morning, well, everybody needs to get on your knees now and you need to put your nose in the carpet and we're going to honor God. We don't do that. And I don't think it's a matter of whether or not my nose is in the carpet and I'm on my knees. But what we really want to do in our time of worship is to bow our hearts before God. You see, I can bow my heart before God and never bow my knee before God. But I will never bow my knee before God if my heart is not bowed before God. Every now and then, on Sunday morning during worship time, I'll look around and I'll see somebody, and it's usually on the end of an aisle or the front row, I'll see somebody on their knees just worshiping God or bowing before God, and I think, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Somebody understands what worship really is. But look at the next verse, verse 7. He says, I'll worship and now bow down, kneel down before the Lord. Verse 7 says, here's why. Here's why I worship God. For he is our God. Is there anybody in your life that means more to you than our God? shouldn't be he is our god and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today if you will hear his voice and then it goes on to say more but let's let's just stop here for a moment there's something amazing that happens in times of worship when we're worshiping god we're honoring god for who he is we're honoring God for who he is. He is our God. So when I begin to worship God, what does it do? It puts God in his proper place in my life. He's first. He's foremost. He knows the way and I'm following him. He is my God. But here's what happens. When I put God in his proper place, that puts me in my proper place. 
because I am one of the people of his pasture. I'm one of the people that he's chosen to provide for, to lead, to guide, to feed, to maintain, to bring health, to bring prosperity, to see to it that every area of my life is provided for. God takes that responsibility, but it happens when he becomes first and I learn how to worship him and honor him because when I put God in his rightful place, it puts me in my rightful place and I begin to follow him and see him as my shepherd. Worship is so important. It positions God and then it positions me. But then I want to talk about the second aspect of worship, and that's the word praise. Normally we, we call our worship services praise and worship. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about praise, and then a little later in my message towards the end, we're going to praise God together one more time. But I want you to look this morning, if you would, at Psalms 107. I'm going to be reading there several verses in just a few minutes from Psalms 107. But before I get there, let me talk to you about praise. We, we answer the question, what is worship? It's to bow down before God, bow our hearts, bow our lives before God, put him in his rightful place so it puts me in my rightful place. But what is praise? All throughout scripture, you see it, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So for a lot of churches and a lot of places, you are left to determine for yourself what praise is. So for a lot of people, you go to church, we say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How long are we going to do this? <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. I look around the building, it's amazing all the things that are going on during our time of praise and worship. What is praise? If you go to scripture, and here's something, please hear this today, I preach this a lot, but I want, I want everybody that calls the bridge home to understand this. When you look at the Old Testament, there are eight or nine different words that are translated praise. And it's accurate that they are expressions of praise, but it's inaccurate because every time you see that, or almost every time you see that word praise, it doesn't tell you what kind of praise it is. It doesn't tell you what the action is. Because out of those eight or nine words, for example, each one of those words means to praise God a specific way. For example, sometimes when it says praise the Lord, what it's really saying is sing hymns and sing songs to God. So we praise him with our singing. Sometimes it means to clap the hands. Did you know clapping the hands is a sign of praise? It is. It's a scriptural expression of praise. How about playing musical instruments? Did you know playing musical instruments can be, it's not always, I mean, you, you go some places, they're not praising God, but here on Sunday mornings, we're playing instruments and playing those instruments and singing along, that's praise to God. Here's another very common one. To praise God means to extend my hands to him. That's praise. There's one more expression that I'll mention. One expression, it's very common in scripture, means to put on a show and to celebrate to the extent that some people will think you look foolish. Boy, it's quiet here this morning. 
I don't like to look foolish. It's talking about being so exciting about God's presence that we're just shouting, we're dancing, we're thanking God because God has been so good. Remember I said earlier that worship honors God for who he is, but praise is a physical expression to God that thanks him for the things he's doing in our lives. So I thank him for what he's doing, I praise him for what he's doing, and I worship him for who he is. Now, the book of Psalms is very much a worship manual. There's 150 Psalms, a lot of verses in there. Much of it, much of the Psalms are Psalms of praise and thanksgiving to God. And if you go and look at the written words, it tells you how the psalmist was always expressing his praise to God in many different ways. Did you know one time he danced so wildly that he showed off his underwear? He did. And one of his wives thought, well, you are a fool. And she told him so. You are an idiot. You look like such a fool today. Here you are the king and you look like a fool. And he went back home and when she told him that, he said, well, you know what? You think I look stupid today? Wait till next week. I'll look even stupider next week because God's good to me. And then he went one step further, or actually two steps further. He says, matter of fact, you think I'm foolish. God chose me to be king instead of your daddy because of the foolishness of my heart because I honor God. Let me tell you something. Praise will promote you in the presence of God. I promise you. And the third thing is, Scripture says the rest of her life she was barren. You show me people that don't learn to praise God, I'll show you people who struggle with barren lives. Hello? Elbow somebody and say, I ain't going to be barren. Come on, some of you guys, some of you guys, it's hard for you to say, say it, I'm not going to be barren. Okay, well, we'll come back to that later. Here's what I found interesting. Let me give you two, two quick illustrations of this. In the Psalms, you see the word praise and thanks to God. You see that so many times. But the first time you see the word praise in Psalms is Psalm 717. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord according to his rightness. See, praise always has an expression, but it also has a reason. I will praise the Lord. And what he's literally saying here is, I'm going to make that show. I'm going to put my hands up in the air. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do this. Why? Why? Because the Lord is righteous. He's right. And he's teaching me his ways. So he says, I'm going to extend my hands to God because he is right. And then all throughout the rest of the Psalms, you see the word praise that's used from many different expressions of praise. But then you get down to the last Psalm. Psalm 150. In Psalms 150, there are only six verses there. I thought this morning I might read it, but I was a little concerned about time. There are only six verses there. But in those six verses, 12 times we're encouraged to praise the Lord. 12 times in six verses, it says praise the Lord. And every one of those words, all 12 times you see praise the Lord, it means put on the show and celebrate all that God has done for you. That's what we do on Sunday mornings here at the Bridge Church. We give God praise because week by week, day by day, God is actively involved in our lives doing great things. And we want to thank him for what he's doing. And the beautiful thing is these acts of praise, 
This is not just true at church, it's true at home, it's true driving down the road in your car. These acts of praise attract God's attention because he comes and sits on the praises of his people. Now, I, I told you we're going to look at Psalms 107. I want to share for just a few minutes out of this psalm. There are a lot of verses here. We're not going to read all of them, but, but I've broken down five thoughts out of Psalms 107 that I want to show you real quickly. Psalms 107, the psalmist here is encouraging people to praise God. Can I just talk real straight to you today? If you're a part of the Bridge Church, every now and then I, I should have the opportunity to just shoot straight with you. As a matter of fact, how many don't like to gobble it all up with sweetness and just, just tell me the way it is? See, some of, you want the, you know, some of you want the spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down, and some of you say, just give me the medicine, okay? Uh, wherever you're coming from, let me say this to you today. From a pastor's perspective, I... We've got a worship team. We've got a worship pastor. Everybody that sings in this team and plays instruments, they're worship leaders. But when I'm on that front row, I want to be one of the worship leaders. I'm not going to be a spectator. I want to be right in the middle of this. I'm not trying to create excitement and emotion. I am praising God. I'm worshiping God. But you know, I feel the pain of the psalmist here in Psalms 107 because he's saying, come on. Come on, guys, praise God. And my heart oftentimes cries out and says, how can people not praise God? Why don't people want to praise God? Now, we do praise God in this church. But praise brings so much of God's presence and blessing into my life. And out of my experience, I, I wonder... Why don't people want to praise God? The psalmist is addressing this. And throughout this psalm, Psalms 107, five times he talks about praising God. We're going to look at it real quickly. Five times. And it's always the same word for praise that means extend your hands to God. And here's what he says. Look at, look at verse number one. Psalms 107, verse one. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. You know what he says? Oh, extend your hands in thanks and praise to God. Why? For he is good. Remember I told you, anytime there's a praise, there's an expression, but there's also a reason. What the psalmist says here is, has God been good to you? Can anybody out there lift a hand and say, God's been good to me? Then maybe I ought to praise him. Let's see what he says next. For his mercy endures forever. His mercy is always going to be there. Verse 2, I love this verse. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know what that means? It means if you've been redeemed by God, if he paid a price for you that you could never pay yourself and you've received that price, you need to speak up and say so. You know how many days of my life I need to praise God for his redemption? Every single day of my life. Oh, I've got it in my heart. I've, every day I need to be thankful. No, am I expressing my heart to God every single day of my life? Am I lifting my hands and giving God praise? He says if you've experienced the redemption of the Lord, you need to say so. He's redeemed us. 
from the hand of the enemy. Verse 3 says he's gathered out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. You know what? We've come from all different kinds of places. Each of us were in our own pig pen, but he found us. He paid the price. He brought us out of that pig pen. He cleaned us up. He put royal robes on us. He put a ring on his finger and said, you are my child. Friend, I'm going to thank God for that every day for the rest of my life. Say so. Say so. Then... Look at verse number eight. Skip down to verse eight. I love the way the psalmist says this four times in this chapter. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Oh, oh, come on, men. Come on, women. Come on, people. Let's give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. For he is good. His mercy endures forever. Now notice what, I'm sorry, notice what he says. He says, uh, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What has God done? Next verse, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. We sang about it a little earlier this morning. I want to ask you the question. Has God been faithful to you? Has he satisfied your longings for him? Has he ever turned you away? Has he ever said, you're not welcome here? Has he ever said, I don't want to hang out with you? Has he ever said, you don't deserve my blessing? No, no. When there's a longing in our heart and we reach out to God, God is always there responding to us. The psalmist said, every day of my life, whatever longing, whatever need, whatever desire is there, I look to God and he's always faithful to be there. He's never failed me, so I'm going to lift my hands and praise God for what he does every day of my life. Skip down to verse 15. He says it again. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 16, he says, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. You know what that simply means? It means he broke the prison in which you were held captive. He broke the bars open. He didn't just open the doors. He broke the doors off the hinges. He crushed the doors so they could never bring you back into bondage again. He said, man, he not only delivered me, he destroyed the prison so I never have to go back to that place again. And every day of my life, I can look forward to goodness and blessing and freedom and liberty because God has broken all the prisons that once held me captive. Friend, when I look into the future and I see the goodness of God and the promises of God, it makes me want to lift my hands and say, God is good and his mercy endures forever. You study scripture, you find out if you're part of the church, God saved you out of something to place you into something better. We forget those things that are behind. We move away from them and we walk into the faithful blessings of God. And all along the journey, we're lifting our hands and we're giving God praise. Skip down to verse 21. Psalmist says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. When I was a young man, just before I went into ministry, 
I learned a principle, a truth that has stayed with me all of my life and I'm going to teach it to you right now. I don't always feel like praising God. Some of you, when you get out of bed in the morning, it's the last thing on your mind. I mean, your, your spouse doesn't even want to see you and talk to you because <laughs> some of us are grumpy in the mornings. How many got to, no, I better not ask how many, how, <laughs> better not do that. How many of you are grumpy in the mornings? Yes, Pastor Corey is, he's horrible. I almost fired him twice. I said, son, you need to get up two hours earlier and get that out of you before you get to the office. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But what happens in a lot of people's lives is they go to church and they say, okay, put their hands in their pockets. We're singing, we're praising God, people all around are worshiping, and it's like, I don't feel like worshiping today. In the Old Testament, they offered sacrifices of thanksgiving. There were physical sacrifices. There were sometimes meals involved. Sometimes it was an animal sacrifice that was costly, that was expensive. And it laid a foundational principle for us that praise comes with a price tag. Some of us never learned to praise God because we're not willing to pay the price. We look at the price tag and we say, well, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lift my hands. Well, you, you, you bet for sure I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to make a show. I don't want people looking at me. The idea is not about us being seen by one another. It's about us being seen by God and being thankful for what he's doing. And, and this passage of Scripture, so clear. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of Thanksgiving. You know what? There are Sundays I come to church and it's like, man, I'm, I'm tired this morning. I didn't sleep good last night. I got to preach two services. Man, but you know what? God's been good to me every single moment of every single day of that week. I'm not about to let an opportunity go by to say, thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. I don't want to miss that opportunity. And it costs me something. And I love what it says. Declare his works. Look, put verse 22 up there one more time. Verse 22, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. See, the reason a lot of us never learn to praise God is because we go to church and we fold our arms, we put our hands in our pockets and we say, okay, God, give me something to praise you about. When all week long, he's been filling your life with things to praise him about. You're just overlooking the week and the big picture of what God's doing for the moment and the emotions you feel. He said, we want to do this with rejoicing. Greatest lesson I ever learned as a young minister about praise is that it costs me something, and if I'll change the attitude of my heart and do it joyfully, it'll change everything in my life. Here's what Scripture says. You know, Psalms 141, verse 2. The psalmist in the Old Testament, in the days of sacrifices, he, he recognized this. In Psalms 141, 2, he said, Let the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. He said, God, yeah, we do this because it costs us something. We offer sacrifices because you said to. But more importantly, it's the attitude of my heart that causes me to reach up to you. That's what you're really looking for. The New Testament, Hebrews 13, 15. 
It says, therefore, by him, by Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Did you know that God loves it when you tell him with your own mouth, God, you are so good to me. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your blessing. It opens up a whole other aspect of relationship with God. Then verse 31. I'm almost finished. Verse 31. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Here's why. Verse 32. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. If I can't praise God among a group of believers, I'm really going to have a hard time praising God when there are no believers around. Our worship team's going to come out and get in place because in a couple of minutes, we're going to praise God one more time. But I want you to think about these verses for just a moment. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him. The word praise here means to lift your hands, to praise him in the company of the elders, in the face of other believers, with believers standing all around of us. Let us lift our hands together. Let us honor God because he's been so good to us. No worship service is complete without praise and worship. My worship is not complete without praise and worship. When we are about to sing as we are here in just a few minutes, when the words, the song come up on the screen, and I begin to see those words, the question is, are those words of a song, or am I going to make those words my words. Those aren't words that the team is singing. Those are the words that I'm singing. Those aren't words that somebody penned to make money. Those are the words that are coming out of my mouth and they're going straight to heaven and God's going to come sit on it and begin to get involved in my life because I'm recognizing him and putting him in his proper place. When the words on the screen become my words and they cause me to act and to praise God amazing things will begin to happen in my life I'm going to ask you to stand this morning if you would we're not finished I'll be back in just a few minutes we're going to pray before we go today but our worship team's coming and we're going to worship God together we're going to sing one more song and I'm going to ask you the words of this song are so simple so simple you can't miss the message but i want you to let these words become your words and wrap your heart around these words and please unless you absolutely have to don't leave let's worship god together and give him praise has god been good to you has god been good see that's praise that's praise don't give it me give it there give it to god god we praise you you've been so good Right there where you are, just lift your hands to heaven. Let's praise God as the team comes. Father, we thank you today for your goodness and for your faithfulness. 
We honor you with our words, with our hands, our bodies, our lives, all that we have. We honor you today in Jesus' name. And we worship you.
everybody here to stop, think of one thing you're thankful for. Just take a moment right there where you are right now. Let's just, in your own way, your own words, just give God praise for one thing this morning. Father, we praise you today. And across this room, every person here is thanking you for one thing, one thing specifically. God, we praise you. You're so good. We thank you for your wonderful works that show up in our lives every single day. We don't take any of your goodness for granted, but we honor you. We bless you today. You deserve our praise and you desire our praise, and we give it to you in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Maybe you're here today and you've listened to all this and you thought, wow, that, that's great. And if God was doing all kinds of stuff in my life, I'd be the first one in front of the line with my hands in the air. But I don't know God. I'm not in relationship with God. See, here at the Bridge Church, this is not about religion. This is about being in relationship with God. It's about knowing Him. Maybe you're here today and you think, well, all of that sounds great, but I don't have any reason to praise God because I don't know God. Before you leave today, we want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. God loves you so much, he put his own son on a cross to pay the price for all of your sin and mistakes, to move all of that out of the way so that you might come into relationship with him. And all he's looking for you to do is respond to him today and say, God, I believe. While no one's moving, in the last moments of our service, please, I want to lead everyone in a prayer that will give you an opportunity to open your heart to God and let him get involved in your life. He can become your father, you can become his child. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask everybody here, pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I want to know you. I want you to be my father. I want you to be my shepherd. I want to be your child. And I want your blessing in every area of my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I will learn your ways. I will follow you. And from this moment forward, I'm a part of your family. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family today? Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or if, if you've been the prodigal on the run and you realize it's time to come home, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning of your journey with God. You've got a lot to know about God, a lot to learn, and there's a lot of things He wants to do in your life to change it and make it all better. But here's the thing, you've got to start somewhere. You start with that prayer. We've got a little tool we want to give you today. It's a gift to you, no strings attached, no price tag on it. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple reading for the next week that'll teach you a lot about what God has in store for you and how you walk with God, how you really grow in your relationship with Him. We want to help you build that relationship. So when service is over, we'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. If you just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you've got other questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they'll pray with you. 
If you're in a really big rush like some folks are right now, out in the lobby just before you leave, right in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up right there. We'll give you the same booklet there. We just want to help you get started walking with God. God bless you. We love you today. And you know what? I'm just so glad you've joined God's family. God's got better plans for you than you have for yourself. Amen. We can tell you by experience. He's a good God. He's a good God. And he's got good plans for you. As you go this morning, I know the lights are going to come up in just a moment. As you go this morning, just be aware we've got a meeting taking place right after this service in the chapel for those who are interested in going on the Holy Land Tour next year, 2020. If you're interested, stop by there right now for that meeting. Hey, a lot of stuff's happening. Connect groups have launched. Bridge men's back in session. Women, Bridge Women starts next Monday night. It's going to be a great, great fall season here at the Bridge. God bless you. Have a great, great Sunday.